The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Quickly, let us turn our Bibles, if you will, uh, to uh, the book of John, chapter number 19. I'm going to be reading from verse 30. The book of John, uh, chapter number 19, uh, verse 30. As you, throw, uh, as you saw through that illustration, uh, if you read in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah prophesied that this would be uh, uh, the exact uh, thing that would happen to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, at the cross, he took uh, 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 in his body uh, the power of sickness to dominate us. Amen. Uh, scripture says in 2 Corinthians 5.21 that he who knew no sin became sin sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He says in Galatians 3.13 that he redeemed us from the curse. He became a curse for us at the cross for it is written, cursed is every man that hangs on the tree so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. He took uh, stripes on his body so that he could deliver us uh, from sickness and disease. Amen. And so all these things happened uh, uh, at the cross. He also took Paul Poverty uh, uh, at the cross, he became poor. Second Corinthians eight nine, so that you and I might become rich through what he did for us at the cross. Amen. And so, when you look at this scripture in John chapter number nineteen, uh, verse thirty, it says, "And when Jesus therefore had received uh, vinegar, he said, it is finished.' Someone say, it is finished.'" And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Uh, sometimes, you know, when you read uh, uh, the Bible in, uh, in the English language, uh, you, you, you know, the English language sometimes minimizes the depth of the text uh, because there is a great temptation as you read that. In fact, for uh, many, many years, I belonged to a traditional church. We would go uh, to Good Friday services, uh, and we would go there, and we would read uh, these scriptures with sadness in our hearts because uh, we didn't have revelation. In fact, all the women would be asked to wear black because uh, we are going to mourn uh, the death. Why did they kill him? They shouldn't have killed him. Man, he should have, he should have lived. Why did he have to die that way? Because people lack uh, a revelation of what God was doing uh, uh, spiritually for them. Amen? Uh, today is not a day to mourn. It's not a day to uh, feel bad. It's a day to celebrate because the great exchange took place uh, at the cross and we with that, we have been restored into relationship with our Heavenly Father. Amen? And they didn't kill Jesus, just in case you were wondering. He said these words. He said, no one will take my life. I lay it down. Amen? And the good shepherd, we know that the good shepherd lays down his life uh, for his sheep. So, so they didn't kill Jesus. But there's going to be a great temptation when you read verses like this. Uh, and you read it in English and he says, it is finished. He says, Jesus said, it is finished. It sounds like Jesus said, ah, it is finished. I'm finished. <laughs> right? Nikediwe. How do you say it? There's going to be a great temptation for you to look at it like Jesus is saying, man, I'm giving up. I'm finished. 
right? But if you look at the text in the Greek, uh, the word, phrase, it is finished, is the Greek word uh, tetelestai. And we're going to look at the uh, different uh, facets of what Jesus was talking about when he said these words, it is finished. So if you're writing down notes, I want you to write this down. It is finished is not a statement of giving up. Amen. Jesus is not giving up on life. He's talking about something else uh, that is a deeper and a greater meaning. And that's what we're going to be looking at uh, today. The first one, there are four different revelations uh, of how you can apply what Jesus said when he said these words, it is finished, which in the Greek means uh, tetelestai. So first one is, in those days, they would use uh, this phrase, it is finished, tetelestai, in the Greek. When a servant was sent on a mission and later returned to his master, you would say, after finishing the mission, accomplishing the mission, you would come back to his master and say, uh, tetelestai, meaning I have done exactly what you requested of me, or the mission is now accomplished. And so when Jesus said at the cross, it is finished, also, Tetelestai in the Greek, he was exclaiming to the entire universe and all of the angelic hosts that he had accomplished the work the Father had asked him to do. So when he said, finished, he was saying, mission accomplished. What he was supposed to go to the cross and, uh, and do, he had accomplished that. And so when he said, Tetelestai, uh, 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 you are saying that mission to restore mankind into relationship with God has been accomplished. Amen. And the second way uh, to look at it, Tetelestai uh, was the equivalent of the Hebrew word spoken by the high priest when he presented a sacrificial lamp without spot or blemish. Annually, the high priest would enter the Holy of Holies, and when he had poured the blood of that sacrificial spotless lamp on the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant, he, when the blood touches the Ark of the Covenant, he would say these words, Tetelestai, and the people would receive uh, the atonement for their sins uh, for a full year. Amen? And so when Jesus said uh, Tetelestai, or it is finished at the cross, Jesus was saying, now the, 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 the atonement has been obtained. And the Bible talks about uh, it being an eternal redemption. Amen? Which is not just annually. He was talking about uh, Jesus uh, obtaining a redemption for us that we do not need to go to the temple every other year for the atonement of our sins. Amen? What Jesus obtained for us at the cross was eternal. Someone say eternal. Let's go quickly to Hebrews chapter number 9 and we're going to read from verse uh, 11 to 12. When Jesus hung on the cross, he was both the lamp and the high priest. Amen? When he hung on the cross, he hung as the lamp, the spotless, sinless lamb of God that came to do what? To take away the sin of the world. And when he hung on the cross, he was also the high priest. He was also the one that took his blood into the Holy of Holies and presented it for the atonement and the removal and the remission of all our sins. Amen? I said amen. And he says in Hebrews chapter number 9 verse 11, he says, but Christ who... Christ, being come, being come a high priest of good things to come, 
by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands. That is to say, not of this building. He's not talking about, you know, what they did in the, in the earthly tabernacle. He's talking about something that happened in the heavenly tabernacle. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once. How many times? Once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. So when Jesus cried out, it is finished, he had uh, accomplished what God had sent him to do, which is to obtain an eternal uh, redemption for us. When Jesus lived his three and a half years, uh, 33 and a half years here on the earth, he lived all of them as the sinless Lamb of God. Amen? That taketh away the sin of the world. This is what they would do in the Old Testament annually. Uh, the people, you know, it was a known common fact that everybody sins. In the Old Testament, at least they were able to, uh, uh, um, you know, humble themselves to uh, uh, agree with that reality that they were missing the mark when it came to uh, their relationship with the Lord. And so what they would do is that annually they would go and find a turtle dove, they would go and find uh, a lamp, spotless lamp, uh, uh, you know, that is uh, 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 fit to stand in their place and take their place uh, to die. Or in their place so that they could walk scot-free. Why? Because the wages of sin is always going to be death. And so something had to die. But because of God's love and mercy, he said, I don't want you to die. Instead of you dying, you can bring an animal, but the animal has to be spotless. And then when you bring the animal, this is what the priest would do. The priest would look and examine the animal to make sure that it wasn't a sickly animal, to make sure that it wasn't, a, 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 you know, one leg was broken. You're just bringing what you don't really want. No, he would examine to make sure that it is a perfect sacrifice. And after that, he has examined that, he would lean into it uh, as a sign and a transferal of sin from you uh, to the animal. And then instead of you dying, they would kill the animal. And this is a similar thing that happened when the sinless son of man came into the earth god knew that all of us are sinners in fact if you read in romans 3 23 it said for all have sinned and have all fallen short of the glory of god amen so all of us were declared guilty and Jesus came in place of that animal because the animal could not completely take away the sin of the people. Because you can't have an animal in place of a human being. Amen? It has to be a human being in place of a human being. And Jesus became that uh, Lamb of God, the human being that came to obtain for us eternal redemption. And he did it by taking his own blood into the Holy of Holies and he uh, put it on the mercy seat. And it was found worthy, a worthy sacrifice to obtain eternal redemption for all mankind. Amen. That's why the Bible says in 1 John 2 verse 2, it says Christ Jesus is the propitiation of our sin. Not for ours only, but for the entire human race. Now it's our turn to put our trust in the sinless Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Amen? And when you put your trust in Him, you are completely restored into relationship. All your sins are completely forgiven. Amen? The third word, uh, the third uh, way they would use the word uh, tetelestai was in the business world. In the business world, this was to signify the full payment of a debt. 
When a debt had been fully paid off, the bill on which the debt was recorded was stamped with tetelestai, which meant the debt had been paid in full. So people would go and get a mortgage from the bank, and then you'd get a bill filled with it. And after you have finished paying off that mortgage, uh, the bankers would stamp on your bill fold uh, tetelestai, which means paid in full. What that means is you do not owe any more on this issue. And what Jesus said when he was at the cross, it is finished. He was saying, your debt has been paid in full. Hallelujah. Amen. You no longer are in, 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 in uh, debt when it comes to your relationship uh, with God. Let's go quickly to Colossians chapter number 1. We're going to read uh, from verse uh, 14. Colossians chapter number 1 from verse 14. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. It says in Colossians chapter number 1 verse 14, In whom, whom being Christ, amen? It says, in whom, Christ, we have redemption. Someone say redemption. That's just a deep word. That means we have been set free from the slave market. Amen? Because scripture says uh, we were slaves to sin. All of us were born slaves to sin, not because of what you do, but because of what Adam did in the garden. He plunged the whole human race into a slave system of the enemy. We were now uh, uh, born, all of us were born with the sin nature. All of us were born and we belong to that slave market of the devil. See, because children of slaves are slaves. Hallelujah. And here's another truth and another reality that you need to realize is that slaves can't set themselves free. You know why? Because slaves don't earn wages. Let's try it. Let's, let, Pastor Henry Marshall, you want to come up and help me? Man, you, you get to sit in the front. You pay for the front row seat. <laughs> so let's say Marshall is the slave and Pastor Henry over here is the master. Right? And this is the door. All right? Now, Marshall over here as a slave can't walk across into freedom by his own self because of several reasons. One of them is this, and we're going to show you spiritually why I say this. One of them is this, that uh, the door out of slavery only has a handle outside. And what I mean by that is that you have to be born outside of the system for you to be able to open that door. This is why Jesus had to be born of the incorruptible seed of the word of God. He couldn't be born by the seed of a man because if he had been born by the seed of a man, he would have been born in the system. So Jesus was born by the incorruptible seed of the word of God, which means he was not born with the sin nature. So he was born outside the system. This is why you can't just let uh, uh, people you know, refute some of these truths and these realities that we see in the word of Jesus was born by a virgin. Yeah. It was a virgin birth. It wasn't uh, 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 Joseph's seed that uh, uh, produced, conceived and produced Jesus. It was the incorruptible seed of the word of God. What that means is he was born out of the slave market. Yeah. Amen. So he was staring at the door from the outside. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. And so here's another truth and another reality is that while you're here, 
Uh, how many of you know that slaves don't earn a salary? Anybody know that truth? You know, you don't, you, you know. You <laughs> so even if you work hard, you're not going to get a salary. All you're going to get is some more work. <laughs> Amen. And so, you know, in the dispensation of the law, God wasn't trying to get people to work themselves out of the slave market of the devil. He was trying to show them that it doesn't matter how hard you work, you're still going to be a slave. Amen? Because here's the deal, is that if the master says, all I want is 1,000 rand for you to come out of the slave market, it doesn't matter how hard you work over here, you still can't earn that 1,000 rand to pay yourself out of the slave market. This is why the concept of trying to obtain a, a, a salvation through works doesn't cut it. You can work as hard as you want, but as long as you're in the slave market, you can't redeem yourself. And so someone may say, so why did God give us the law? He gave us the law so that you could realize, I am hopeless. And then when you do, all of a sudden, you're going to start looking for hope somewhere, and you find it in Jesus. In fact, the people that realize this truth are the only ones that look to Jesus for salvation. They are the only ones that look to Jesus for sustenance. See, you start preaching this way, it takes out all superiority. This is why the Bible says uh, uh, you have been saved by grace through faith, not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, lest any man should boast. See, because if someone has to come out of the slave market, open the door and say, come out, come out, man, come, come and be free. Hey, listen, what are you going to boast about? The only thing you can boast in is, man, someone came and saved me. And who is that person? Jesus. And so when he said through scripture that he obtained eternal redemption for us through his blood, it was his blood that came and paid the price for us to be set free. And because of that, we are free. Someone shout, I am free. Free at last. Free at last. Thank God Almighty, I'm free. Who was that? Martin Luther. <laughs> Man, I'm free because of what Jesus did for me and obtained eternal redemption. Now, here's the other deal. Go over there. Go over there, Marshall. Go over there. Uh, let's go to Titus chapter number 2, verse 11. Titus chapter number 2, uh, verse 11. Let me show you something. So when Jesus came and opened the door, he opened it for everybody. Titus chapter number 2, verse 11. Watch what it says. It says, for the grace of God, that brings what? Salvation. How many of you know that it's the grace of God that brings salvation? I said, amen. amen. The grace of God that brings salvation is appeared to how many? Oh, man. And so when Jesus came and opened the door, he, sh he made a shout, a proclamation. It is finished. And he also made another shout, another proclamation. Salvation is here. Now, if you're over here and you just choose not to pay attention to that, you're going to be bound while the door is open. If you're over here and you really believe in your own self-effort and you say, you know what, I'm, going, I'm not going to let anybody open that door for me. I'm going to open it myself. In fact, motivational speakers, man, they'll get you killed. <laughs> motivational speakers say things like believe in yourself. Man, believing in yourself will get you killed. You should believe in Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Man, I tried believing in myself. Ooh, I struggled. 
my struggles had struggles on them. It was bad. Don't believe in yourself. Believe in Jesus and what he did for you at the cross. And so if you're over here and decide, hey, I'm not just going to receive what Jesus paid. In fact, the only reason why people go to hell is because they don't want to cross over into trusting in Jesus and the payment that he made at the cross. It's the only reason. People don't go to hell for their individual sins. They go to hell for not crossing over the line. And the door is open. Jesus opened it. He said the debt has been paid in full. Amen? And what that meant is now mortal men could cross over and start living life over here as citizens of heaven. We are no longer aliens, Ephesians chapter number 2. We are no longer aliens to the commonwealth of heaven. We are no longer aliens to the promises of God. Now we are citizens. Now we are sons. Now we have been upgraded. Someone shout, I'm upgraded. Thank you, fellas. Amen. Amen. Jesus paid for it at the cross. When you start looking at this, perspective it takes away all boast this is why the apostle paul would write so many marvelous things and then he would ask this question where is boasting then he was as confused as confounded as most of you sometimes i get on christian television and i see brothers you know my brothers and sisters some of them in the minute man they're boasting about their anointing they're boasting about this and that in fact some of them will say bring a big chair for me in the church i'm not going to sit on these black little things bring a big one with a little big thing put some meat on the thing and put some make it look good because I'll be the man see they don't have a revelation of who the true man is see once you have a revelation of what Jesus paid for at the cross and how you couldn't have paid listen you couldn't even have contributed when you start realizing how much the debt was and how you couldn't have contributed with your I'm, I'm anointed oh man sit down it takes away, see, when you focus on the cross, it takes away all Christian celebrityism. Because the ground is level at the cross. Amen. See, when people get healed, uh, people say, oh, yo, you shouldn't have get gotten healed if it wasn't of me. Come on, man. What are you talking about? You're not the one who took the stripes at the cross. The reality is Jesus took the stripes at the cross. Amen. And the good news about pointing people to the cross is that they grow up, they become spiritually mature, and they start going out of the slave market on their own accord. And when they come out here, they are able to function as free people. Amen? And that's what we do when people get over here. Our job as pastors, as leaders, spiritual leaders, is to train them to start functioning as free people. I think it was Abraham Lincoln, he signed the uh, Emancipation Proclamation. And uh, some people just didn't get to hear about it. And they were slaves many decades afterwards. And some people were set free and they came over here, but they didn't know what to do with themselves. Because they didn't know what it meant to live in freedom. And sometimes as Christians, you know, we've been bound so long over here. Uh, they did an experiment with, uh, with uh, I think it was a grasshopper. They did an experiment with a grasshopper. They put a lead on it, and uh, every time it jumped, uh, it would hit the lead. And after several attempts, they removed the lead, and the grasshopper couldn't jump any further than where the lead was. Now it was operating with an invisible lead. 
did the same experiment with a, a piranha, piranha fish, flesh-eating fish. Man, if they put piranhas in a, in, a, in a fish pond, you put your hand in there, by the time you pull it out, it's going to be bone. They eat flesh. They're aggressive. And they eat other fish as well. And so they put a little glass in between the piranhas and uh, the other fish. And every time the piranha would see the other fish, he would attack. He would ferocious. And he's trying to eat the other fish and he would hit the glass thing. And they did that for several attempts. And after a few attempts, they removed that thing. And now the piranha uh, uh, had been conditioned to think that he didn't have access. And sometimes this is what happens in the body of Christ is that people have operated for so long over here. You had no access to healing. In fact, your only hope was the vaccine over here. Uh, Amen. Amen. They'd operated over here. You know, you didn't have a, a provision. I'm talking about supernatural provision. Your only hope was to get a 7%, you know, salary increase just so you can make it to next month. They operated so long over here that when they get translated, their mind is still over there. And now they're operating with invisible limitations. Let me tell you, when Jesus said it is finished, not only did he pay the debt in full, he also removed any limitations that were previously over your life. Man, he set you free, free. Amen. Amen. Over here, you can receive of his divine health because he paid for it at the cross. He gave us access to full privileges and rights of the kingdom of God. He translated us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. Hallelujah. Amen. And all you need is to find yourself a place you can be taught how to live as a free man. That's what I was looking for. Teach me. I don't want any religion. I don't want more rules. I'm over here where freedom is. Teach me how to live as a free man in the kingdom of God. Amen? It says when he said those words, it is finished, uh, uh, the, the veil which was in the temple was rent in twain. That's what it says in the King James Bible. Say so what? Rent in twain. It sounds like a rap song, right? Rent in twain. Then he rent in twain. Yeah. Rent in twain. No, the, t the, the veil in the temple was torn in half. That's English, torn in half. And scripture was very sure to mention that it was torn in half, split in half, watch this now, of its own accord. Now the temple, you know, when you say veil to, you know, people like you and I who live in 2021, uh, the thing that comes to our mind or the picture that we get is of a lace. You know, the one that you use to uh, keep the flies away when you make a big meal. That little lace, you can see through it. That's not what he's talking about. The lace uh, 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 curtain, that's not what he's talking about. When he says the veil, he's talking about a, a blanket which was 20 centimeters thick and about 70 meters tall, which was in the temple. So he's talking about a few two-in-ones. Put them together. And it separated the presence of God, the Holy of Holies, and the inner court where the people could come. And uh, people were not allowed to come into uh, where the presence of God was. There was a separation between God and mortal man. And when Jesus said, it is finished, the Bible records that the veil was rent in twain. And that sounds more spiritual. It was torn in half. 
And now all of a sudden, common men could go all the way into the Holy of Holies. What are we talking about? Access. All of a sudden, people could now start fellowshipping in a place of freedom with their Heavenly Father. Watch this now. Without any sense of guilt, without any sense of condemnation, because there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit, after the Word of God. I am not condemned. Amen? And I can approach God without any sense of guilt, without any inferiority. In fact, he says it over there in the book of uh, uh, Hebrews, I believe, chapter 4, 16. He says, let us therefore now enter. Let us therefore now approach him with boldness. Let us approach the throne room of grace with what? With boldness. Someone say boldness. He says, let us approach the throne room of grace. Where do you get the boldness? You get the boldness from the reality and the fact that Jesus said, paid in full. Man, when something is paid in full, it gives you a little bit of uh, boldness and courage. Amen? Now, you and I have access to live our lives at a higher level. We have an access to live our lives at the level of the promises of God. Amen. If you've ever flown, you know, the, the airplane, you've ever uh, flown to, to, to anywhere. Anybody ever flown uh, economy in here? Anybody ever flown economy? Oh, that's pretty much everybody. When you fly economy, here's what usually happens. As you take off and you reach cruising altitude, uh, the air hostesses usually get up and they shut the veil. The veil is closed. You know what I'm talking about? And you can't see what's going on in business. In first class. You're stuck in economy. When Jesus said paid in full, he came and ripped that thing uh, uh, in two. And he made an invitation to all of his children. Time up for economy living. Now you have been upgraded. It's time for first class living. Amen. It's time for first-class living. It's no longer time for you to be stuck in economy. Just slaving around. You know what happens in economy? Is that, man, they treat you, they really treat you terrible. I've never been in business, but I don't like economy. <laughs> Tell you that, man. I'm, I'm believing God for an upgrade. They don't treat me right. They don't even tell me uh, uh, what I'm about to eat. They just say chicken or beef. Tell me, is it, is it a chicken sandwich? Is it a, a chicken uh, stew? What is it? What, what are you, you know, chicken or beef? And if you try to ask, what kind of chicken, man, they'll give you the look that, listen, you shouldn't even be here. Those guys are subsidizing for you. <laughs> I mean, it's terrible out there. Amen. And here's another thing is that they feed you when they want. It sounds like the cripple who was sitting at the, at the pool. And uh, Jesus came to him and he said, man, uh, 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 what are you doing here? He said, man, I've been sitting here a long time. And uh, uh, I've just been trying and waiting uh, for when the angel comes. He comes how long? Seasonally. There's an angel that comes seasonally. And if you miss the season, just like over there in economy, you know, we were flying from Los Angeles to Qatar. I fell asleep, missed the feeding of the people. When you miss it, you miss it. You're going to catch the next one in six hours. 
And that's what happened to old covenant saints. Amen. He said, man, I've been missing this thing uh, for, you know, 12 years. I've been missing the opportunity to jump in and, and, and get my healing. And Jesus said to him, look at me. I don't go by those seasons. You know why? Because when you meet with Jesus, when you start serving Jesus, when you become a Christian, you are upgraded from economy to first class. Now everything is at your disposal. Watch this now. When you are ready to receive it. He says, let us enter into the throne room of grace where we can obtain help when? When we need it. You see, over there in first class living, you don't have to wait until the big preacher comes to town to get healed. Man, this is good preaching. I wish I was writing notes myself. Amen. Amen. You don't have to wait until there's a big healing conference. You can receive healing now when you are ready. Amen? Amen. Jesus has given us access to first class living. And this is where we're at. He says the veil was torn and now we have access. We can have relationship. We can be reconciled with our heavenly father because the payment was made in full. In fact, Jesus overpaid the payment. Man, don't live your life as if all Jesus did at the cross was make one big deposit and you have to keep up with the monthly installments. Hunt your neighbor and say, walk into freedom. Man, it's time to walk into freedom. It's time to walk into uh, the freedom of that relationship with our Heavenly Father. Man, a lot of people are still trying to keep up with the monthly installments. And this is why they do all kinds of religious calisthenics to try and keep up with the monthly installments. A lot of people don't realize that God has already accepted them because of what Jesus did at the cross. A lot of people don't realize that if God was treating them according to their own actions, according to their own effort, they would be toast. But here's what tends to happen with the little goody-goody two-shoes is that you think, man, I think I'm living, I think I'm doing really, in fact, here's the problem is that they start comparing themselves with their neighbor. And man, when you compare yourself uh, with other people, two things happen. You know, you're either going to feel like you're superior or you're going to feel like you're uh, uh, inferior and none of the extremes glorify God. So stop comparing yourself to other people. That's what the religious uh, Pharisee did in the temple. He went, he went there to pray. You know, the, 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 the sinner who went there to pray, the Gentile went there and he said, Lord, I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. The Pharisee went in there and said, Lord, unlike that sinner, me, I pray three times a day. What kind of prayer is that? Jesus said, which one walked out justified? And it was the sinner who went to God for their sustenance. Man, let me tell you, all your sustenance comes from the cross. Don't add to it. Amen? And don't try to make less of what it really is. Jesus paid the full price. All we have to do now is to cross the line, learn about it, and grab a hold of it. 
Man, if someone came to you today and gave you a voucher, uh, in fact, someone blessed me with a voucher from uh, Starbucks, you know, uh, last week, and, uh, you know, they said to me, hey, please go and grab yourself a voucher. You know, uh, you can have coffee for the whole week. And so Marshall and I went to uh, grab the voucher. And while I was standing there, man, I wasn't standing like I'm there to beg for a voucher. No, I didn't get there and say, uh, would you mind... Uh, uh, there's someone who called me and I said, hey, how are you doing? I'm here to redeem my voucher. Where is it? Where is, where is the voucher? Amen? Man, this will change the way you pray. Some of you over here, you over here, you're free people. Healing has already been paid for, but you, if you find it in your heart, Lord, I'm really, really desperate for this healing, Lord. Now my migraines, ah, my migraines are too much. Okay, Lord, you know what? You can take care of my, my stomach bug, but yeah, the migraines, I can live with them. No, I didn't get there and say, you know, just give me half of what was paid for. I said, man, I want the full thing. Gave me that thing, and I said, okay, now I want coffee. And I used it to, re- man, you need to use your faith to appropriate the things that Jesus has already paid for at the cross. Amen. Did he redeem you from the curse? Galatians 3.13, what does it say? Christ redeemed us, brought us back from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, so that we might receive the blessing of Abraham over here, right? Did he do that? Is that a reality? So why are you going to a generational curses seminar? Yeah, because we've got to add to it. We've got to work it out. We've got to... I mean, some people will even go to Durban. Not to enjoy the beach, but to wash off the curse. Because they believe when you dive into the ocean and the water comes and, uh, you know, it messes you. When it goes, it takes them away. They don't believe that Jesus did it at the cross. So you know what they're trying to do? They're trying to add to it. Monthly installments. Did we say Jesus paid it in full? All of it. Right? 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, He became seen so that we might become the who? The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Did Jesus take away the sin? Did he completely redeem us from the dominion of sin? That means you and I have control. That means you and I have now been empowered to say no. I am redeemed. From the dominion of sin. Amen. That means my flesh can't control me anymore. That means a chocolate cake can't wake me up at 10.30 p.m. and say, partake. It can't. I I didn't get a single amen. Amen. Man, I now have dominion, right? Sin no longer has dominion over me. Hallelujah. He has redeemed me from sickness. He has given me authority over sickness. That means sickness and disease no longer tells me what I can or cannot do. Someone shout, I am completely redeemed from all sickness and disease. Amen. Amen. 
Sickness is not a blessing. This is why Jesus did something about it at the cross. You want to get healed? It's time to focus on the cross. Keep your eyes on Jesus. It says we should keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. The job of a minister, I'm talking about a minister called of God, is not to get uh, uh, your attention to himself. It is to get your attention to Jesus so that you can live a victorious life. Man, a minister called of God should try uh, uh, as hard as they can to get themselves out of the equation. Because Jesus took all the middlemen out of business when he said it is finished. You no longer have to go through uh, the priest. Amen? Amen? Jesus became the high priest himself. And when you look at him, when you focus on him, you can draw your sustenance from that. Can I get an amen? amen. And so keeping the law is not the answer. Focusing our eyes on Jesus is the answer. The fourth, uh, in a classical Greek times, the word tetelestai is depicted. It is used at a turning point when one period uh, has ended and another new period has begun. And so when Jesus uh, said it is finished at the cross, he was pointing to the fact that we have now transition. Someone say transition. He, he was pointing to the fact that we have now transitioned from the old covenant into the new covenant. You and I are what I like to call New Testament believers. What that means is we belong to a new covenant which was guaranteed by his blood. We now belong to a new covenant which is established on better promises. Amen? Amen. When he said it is finished, that was the turning point uh, coming to the end of the old covenant and the inception of the new covenant. Hallelujah. Let's go to Galatians chapter number 3. We're going to read from verse 15. Someone shout, I'm a new covenant believer. What that means is you belong to the New Testament. Amen. And so when you read scripture in the Old Testament, you should always check to see if God was talking uh, to new covenant believers or he was talking to all. In fact, there are only three groups of people that God relates to uh, when it comes to scripture. God is either talking to unbelievers or he's talking to uh, uh, the Old Testament saints, which was the uh, 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 Jewish nation, or he's talking to new covenant believers, which is you and I. Sometimes people take the things that the Lord has said, uh, talking to the unbelievers, and they want to appropriate to a new covenant believer and it doesn't stick they take things that were said to, to the jewish nation and they want to appropriate it to a new covenant believer it doesn't stick new covenant believers should stay in the new covenant and they should live their lives from the place of the new covenant Amen. when jesus went to the cross some things changed yes. amen and I have pastors who come to me and they say, man, I heard that new covenant uh, thing you're preaching. And uh, let me just tell you up front, I do the whole Bible. I just tell you up front, man, I'll, I'll do Genesis uh, to Revelation. Ah, you know, this new covenant thing you're talking about, man. I, no, no. And I'm, all I'm saying is, even when you read the Old Testament, you must read it through the lens of the new covenant. 
And I usually say to them, okay, okay, you do the whole Bible? Yeah, I do the... When was the last time you took a, a, a spotless animal uh, to the uh, priest of the synagogue so that they could offer it for your sake? It's there in the Bible, isn't it? It even specifies what kind of animal you should bring. It's there in the Bible. When was the last time you'd, oh, no, I don't have to... No, no, it's in the Bible. You said you do the whole Bible. Oh, no, I don't have to do that uh, because of what Jesus did at the cross. Many other things you don't have to do because of what Jesus did at the cross. In your approaching God. Amen? I said amen. amen. Listen to what it says in verse 15. Galatians chapter number 3, verse 15. It says, Brethren, I speak in the manner of man, though it is only a man's covenant, yet if it is confirmed, no one annuls or adds to it. Now Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He does not say, and to seeds as of many, but as to one, and, the, and to your seed who is Christ. So the Apostle Paul is making a point here. He's saying that when uh, the promise was given uh, to Abraham, it was not given to uh, the, the nation of uh, 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 Israel only. It was given to Christ's seed, singular. Amen? And this is why we say, uh, when you are Christ, then are you an heir to the promises of God. When you come into Christ, when you have been Christened, born again believer, when you come into Christ, you also partake of the promise which was given to Abraham because it was not restricted to the nation of Israel only. That's the point he's making. Amen? I said, Amen. He says in verse 17, And this I say, that the law, which was 430 years later, cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before God in Christ. So he's saying here, the covenant of grace has been in existence even before the law uh, was introduced. It was the covenant of grace where God didn't treat men uh, according to their effort, according to what they do or don't do. In fact, the first uh, 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 crime that was ever committed in the Bible was murder, and still God didn't punish Cain for killing his brother Abel. You know why? Because God has always treated his children according to the covenant of grace. And so God added the law for a specific reason, but when he added the law, it only came 430 years after he had confirmed another covenant of grace to his son Abraham. And watch this now. It's about to get really interesting. He says, and the law, which was 430 years, cannot annul or undo the covenant that was confirmed before God in Christ, that it should make the promise of no effect. For if the inheritance is of the law, it is no longer of promise. But God gave it to Abraham by promise. Did you see that? Man, it's always been by promise, not by works. And for us, this promise has been guaranteed this promise has been uh, uh, activated, released, if you will, and brought into effect by what Jesus did when he went to the cross. He said, it is finished. What he was saying was, this is the end of the dispensation of the law. We are now entering a new dispensation. We are now in that dispensation. It is known as the dispensation of grace. It is also known as the church age. Amen? 
It's the dispensation where God is not imputing your sin on you because he has put it on Christ, who was the spotless uh, uh, sacrifice that went to the cross and died in our place. Amen? Man, this is the good news. And it's sad to say a lot of people haven't heard the good news. They've heard religion. They've heard uh, uh, rules and regulations. In fact, I remember when I became a Christian many, many years ago, I, I looked at the Bible as a book of rules. I didn't look at it as a promise book. This verse we just read uh, 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 reveals to us that the Bible is a promise book. It's a love letter filled with promises from a loving Heavenly Father to His children. I used to read the Bible as a book of rules and regulations. Amen? Should we wear sneakers or not? Let's go find the verse. Amen? Should we do this? Should we eat pork or not? Let's go find the verse. I looked at it as a, a book of rules and regulations. Amen? I didn't realize that Jesus had activated at the cross when he said he had brought us an inception of a new covenant. And that covenant is not based on your effort. It is based on what Jesus paid for at the cross. And when Christ said it is finished, he meant that the dispensation of the law was finished. Now we are in the dispensation of grace. And that's good news. Amen? Amen. Why don't you stand on your feet? Thank you, Jesus. Someone shout, Christ, Christ has redeemed me from the curse. I am blessed to be a blessing. Someone shout, Christ redeemed me from sin and the dominion of sin. Let me tell you something. One of the things you're going to, uh, one of the battles you're going to have to constantly fight is this battle of sin consciousness. And you have to establish this truth in your heart that I am completely redeemed from sin. I have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Someone shout, I am, I am. the righteousness of God, righteousness of God. In, Christ Jesus. in Christ Jesus. I am righteous, I am righteous. in Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Now you go try to tell that to your relatives. They're going to persecute you. They're going to think you arrogant thing. You know why? Because they don't have revelation. Jesus redeemed us from the dominion of sin. He redeemed us from the nature of sin. Hallelujah. We have now been set free to become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Someone shout, Christ, Christ. has redeemed me from poverty and lack. I am called to prosperity. I am called to abundance by what Jesus paid for at the cross. Amen. See, people don't have a problem when you're dealing with sin and all the other issues, but when you start talking about Jesus redeeming us from poverty, say, hold on, brother. What are you talking about now? I don't think God would care about this realm of finances and money and so on and so on. Let me tell you something else. If you switch off your phone when your uh, 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 creditors are calling you to try and you know, get their money, it doesn't glorify God. When you look at that phone, oh no, I'm not going to answer. Ooh, man, I don't know what to do. It doesn't glorify God. 
And that's why Jesus did something about it at the cross. Amen. When you sleep under a bridge and you do not have uh, a meal to, to eat and you know, you're not warm and uh, you're going through, uh, Jesus did something about it. And it's time for us to cross over and start claiming, start redeeming the things that Jesus has already paid for. Can I get an amen? Someone shout Christ, Christ. has redeemed me from sickness and disease completely amen he says in isaiah 52 verse 14 he was wounded beyond recognition marred beyond recognition uh that uh, graphic illustration of the video that we watched is just uh, a glimpse of what really took place It's, it's not the full picture i mean it was more uh, graphic than that he was I mean he took all kinds of sickness in his body all tumors all cancers all AIDS HIV I mean you name it COVID-19 he took it on his body so that you and I could be redeemed from it and it's time for you and I to redeem the prize and we do it by faith faith in what Jesus paid for at the cross. You know what you should be spending your time doing? You should be spending your time going through Romans through to Jude to see the promises and the things that Jesus has already paid for and guaranteed and make a claim for those things. Amen? You have a blank check all the way from Romans to Jude, it specifies in that covenant the things that Jesus has already paid for for you and I to receive. And it's time for God's children to stop being ignorant of the things that he has paid for and step out of our shells, step out of religion, so that by faith we can go and grab a hold of those things that Jesus has already paid for. And I'm telling you, this is why scripture says when we get to heaven, God will wipe the tears off of our eyes. I mean, you've made it to heaven. Why are you still crying? All of a sudden, our eyes are going to be opened to what had been released at our disposal. What we had at our disposal. All of a sudden, you're going to see what Jesus paid for and put in your bank account just waiting for you to show up and make a claim. And people are going to say, I know I'm in heaven, but please send me back so I can do it right. Man, you can do it right, right now. Someone shout, I have the anointing of God. These hands. Lay hands on the sick. And what happens to the sick? Say, believers shall lay hands on the sick, and the sick shall recover. Someone shout, my bank account is in abundance. Therefore, I am a blessing to the nations. You really are. Some of you don't believe it. When you find out in heaven, you're going to start crying. He was right. I could have... These hands could have healed my auntie. She didn't have to die. Man, start using the power of God that's at your disposal. Amen? It's time to grow up. It's time to switch. We are not beggars anymore. We are sons. Did you hear what I said? We are not what? Biggest. We are what? Sons. Let me get a little radical. When people read the story of uh, the woman with the issue of blood, most pastors will preach and tell their congregation that you are the woman with the issue of blood. 
when you want some from God press in you've got to press in hard be intentional about it and grab something from God that's not what Jesus is preaching Jesus is preaching these things that I did to the woman with the issue of blood shall you do so you should position listen when you read that story it's time to reposition yourself you are not in the shoes of the woman with the issue of blood you are in the shoes of Jesus dishing out solutions you see what a little tweak will do? See, most people are just trying to press through the crowd. People should be pressing through the crowd to get to you. You are the believer. Amen. In the marketplace, company, companies should be stampeding, trying to hire you. They should be the ones pressing through the crowd. Not, oh, I'm just going to press in to get this job, this job. Oh, I'm just pressing in. No, they should be pressing in to headhunt you. Because you're standing in with Jesus. He has empowered you to become a son, not a beggar. Did that bless you? We're going to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you. For these, your precious children. Lord, we thank you even for this reminder of the things that Jesus paid for at the cross. Completely paid for in full. Lord, we thank you that from today onwards, move us from a beggarly, uh, uh, often mind and transition us into a place where we start functioning like sons. Thank you, Lord for stirring our hearts to realize that where your spirit is there is freedom and we are free because of what Jesus did for us at the cross thank you father for paying it in full thank you father for transitioning us from an old inferior covenant into a new covenant which is established on better promises Thank you, Father, that we do not have to approach you according to our own works, what we do or don't do. But, Father, that we are empowered to approach you based on what Jesus did for all of us at the cross. And therefore, we are not ashamed to ask for help when we need help. We come boldly into the throne room of grace where we obtain help in times of need. Thank you, Father. That sick bodies are getting healed right now. As we pray, Lord, we pray that the Zoe life of God, the very life of God that raised Jesus from the dead is quickening every sick body under the sound of my voice. Right now, those that are watching online, Lord, we pray that the power of God knows no limits. May it envelop them wherever they are watching from. Reach them, Lord, and heal every organ. Heal every tissue, every cell, every joint. We call it right now to function to the perfection of what Jesus paid for at the cross. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus, that we are the righteousness of God. <laughs> Thank you that we are the blessed of the Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that we did not have to die. But because of what Jesus did for us, we can live. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. And someone shout, Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Come on, let's give God praise.
We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.